Hallelujah. Then please help me greet the person beside you. Actually greet someone. Find out how their day was. And then be seated in God's wonderful presence. Praise God. So, tonight I bring you a very simple word. Um, I'm not going to try to be extremely deep or anything this evening. Um, I just bring you a very simple word. For some of reason, I don't know why I'm being, I'm all of a sudden feeling very emotional. <laughs> and I don't know why. Um, so anyhow, I've been thinking a lot this past few weeks. Um, and I'm told that when you're turning 40, it happens to you a lot. <laughs> So for those who don't know, my birthday is next week Wednesday, and I'll be turning 40. And I actually started thinking a lot, not just because of my birthday, but because at the same time, um, tomorrow will make it 10 years that Just Us Girls has been a ministry. And <laughs> praise God. Those that are celebrating, those that know, know that we need to celebrate Jesus. Because if he had not been for the Lord. Hmm, hallelujah. <laughs> and like I said, I, I've been thinking a lot this week. And I think it's because it just occurred to me that if as human beings we're entitled to 120 years, that is if you want it, um, then that means that by next week I would have lived one third of my life. And I started asking myself a couple of questions. I started asking, this first one-third part of my life, what are the things that I can say that I can bet my life on? The things that I know for sure. The things that, without a shadow of a doubt, I know are the things that are real, the things that are true, the things that are substantial, the things that you can build your life on. And those, I, I want to share four of those things with you this evening. The very first one is probably something that a lot of us know and take for granted. But I think that the last couple of days, it has become more intense for me. And that is the fact that God is real. If I know anything, this is the one thing I know. I know it like I know my name is Mildred, that God is real. And listen, I'm not just talking about what you are taught in church on Sunday. And so I, I was just thinking that, you know, it's not, it's not, when I say God is real, I'm not talking about, you know, your, your knowledge, your head knowledge, or the fact that, you know, you come to church, or since you've been a child, you've been in church, and you've been hearing it over and over again that God is real. I'm talking about an experiential knowledge of God that you know because you've walked with him, you've talked with him, He's been there for you. He has answered your questions. He has held your hand. He has saved you from difficult situations. If you've ever encountered that kind of experience of God, you will know that God is real. I'm not just talking about what people say. You know, but you get to the point in your life where like the apostles, you are not just talking about the things your ears have heard or the things that your eyes have seen, but the things that your hand has actually handled. 
That when people say that the Bible is true, that you can agree, that the Bible is not just a collection of stories. It is different people telling you their encounter with God and putting it together and giving it to you so that you can see that this is possible. That we do not just serve a God who sits in heaven, but the Bible says that he deals in the affairs of men. That means that even the things that you, are, that you, you, you worry about, he knows because he became human. He came down to feel them. So we don't serve a God who is not touched by the feelings of our infirmities or our weaknesses. We serve a God who knows these things. He is real. He is real. So he will talk to you in your darkest hour. He will have answers for you where you have questions no human being can answer. I don't know if you've ever experienced your heart being broken in a million pieces. Only God can put it together. That's when you know God is real. When you've been in a situation where everything in your life seems to be falling apart, but you know that there's somebody still holding it all together. Doesn't make any sense, but he's real. You may not be able to see him, but he's real. And you know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.6, it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So a lot of times we focus on the fact that we must have faith. But we forget that the second part tells us that because anyone who comes to him must first believe that he is. If you don't believe that he is, then you are not entitled to the reward that comes with seeking him. So if God is not real to you, you do not have faith. You cannot have faith until you, you actually know that God is real. And you know, we're in a, you know, unfortunately, we're at the, the time where the Bible tells us, when it talks about the end times, it talks about the, the, the love of many who wax cold. And we'll get to a stage where people will have a knowledge of God, but they will deny the power thereof. You know, so they have a form, a form of godliness. What does that mean? Simply that you're coming to church, you're doing all the things, you're going through believers class, you're doing all the things that they say you should do. But when you are faced with a challenge, who is the first person you call? If you have a problem and you pick up your phone first before you get on your knees, then God is not real to you. Someone was telling me yesterday how she got a job interview and she was just concerned because she didn't know what to do. She didn't know, you know, what, what kind of questions they were going to ask her. She didn't know anything. And she said she was just panicking. Who do I call? Who do I call? She just picked up her phone and she was saying, who do I call? And then the Holy Spirit said to her, have you called me? That's what I'm talking about. That he's really enough to speak to you if you will listen. I can stake my life on the fact that God is real. Because I've heard him. I've seen him. When I'm happy, he's the first person I praise. Because he's the first person I talk to about it. When I'm sad, I worship him. Because he's the only one that can get me out of that pain. When I'm confused, I ask him. He's real. He's a hu- do you understand? He's as real as the human being sitting next to you. My life has been changed many times because I understand that God is real. He actually speaks to me. I, I was watching one of the videos, um, one of the videos that we're going to show at this conference. I was watching one of the interviews I did. And they asked me a question. They asked me, when, when did when women worship start? And as I was watching that video, I started crying. Pascal was making fun of me. He was saying they're cutting onions, Abby. But the truth is, <laughs> I was, you know, it just, 
it, I just remembered it, that I was sitting now in church, 2006. Pasquil was preaching, Rochester Garden. And I was sitting down in my seat, and Pasquil was, Pasquil was preaching. It had nothing to do with what was going on. All of a sudden, I felt like someone came and sat beside me, put their hand on my shoulder, and said to me, when women worship. I looked behind me because it was that real. And I wrote it down, when women worship. This was in 2006. At the time, like I always tell people, I think I went ahead of God because we're doing the, we started doing those meetings, but it wasn't really ahead of, we're doing it every Saturday. How many people were around then? How many people can remember? I know Chichi was around then. Yes, there were a couple of people who were around. We used to do it every Saturday morning. And we're doing it in that little tiny place and nobody heard about it. Now, when women worship is like a, a household name, it's, it's known all over the world. Only God could have said something 2006 and it took 2013 to start to make it popular. I don't even understand what I'm saying. That I'm trying to tell you that he's real enough to speak to you if you will ask him. The problem is that we're running after human beings because we feel they are real. God is more real. There is nothing, permit my English, more realer than God. Nothing. When you, are in, when you come to your end, when you come to your complete end, then you will understand that God is real. Let's, let's read um, Romans 1 verse 19. I read to verse 21. Projector, please help me tonight. Can, can, can I have an LT? It says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through, every, through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. I mean, even if you say God is not, if you go outside, you know there are some things that will happen that you know it's only God that can be doing this thing. That without fail, every morning, some will come out. Then, at a certain time, without fail, every night, it will go down. You know if it's human being that is doing it, you know there will be a mistake. Look at no man Nepa now. Some days, they will forget that it's your turn not to have light. They will give you light. And then when you're just about to rejoice, they will off it. That's how you know that light they are taking, you know. Before we say light goes up, now they, you know they take light. They just off it. Somebody just sits there and they off. That's, God does not make mistakes. This world has been running since the, before the beginning of time and it's still running. He says we can see, we have no excuse for not knowing that God is, there's no excuse. But see what happened in verse 21. He says, yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Now, when, when you read, I think it's Psalm 14 verse 1 that says that a fool says in his heart that there is no God. You will not really understand that until you read this. You will understand why they are saying there's only a fool that will say there's no I mean, you can't see the things that are happening in this life. And say that there is no God. That's a foolish, I mean, that's a foolish way to look at things. I was telling somebody that the people that they can deceive into thinking, oh, there's no God, are people that have never experienced the power of God. If you've been sick before, and they told you there's nothing they can do for you, 
and you prayed. You know there are people that say there's no miracle. You don't believe in miracles until you need a miracle. Oh, you don't believe in miracles until you need a miracle. When you realize that the only one who can help you, when, when you go to a hospital, doctors say, there's nothing we can do for you now, it's in God's hands. If you've ever heard those words, then you will know that there's God. Because at that point, God always comes through. Always. So the first thing I know, and I know it like I know my name, is God is real. God is real. He changes people's lives. He changes people's stories. I mean, if you don't even believe God is real, there's one picture I want to show you. If you don't believe God is real, this should prove it to you. Please, can I have that picture? Projector. No. Kemi, please get to projector. Picture of Pastor K. Only God (laughs) can move a man from being like this to being like this. That's how I know that God is real. See, when you marry a man like this and 13 down, 13 years down the line, he's like this. It's only God. You cannot convince me that God is not real. That God will move you from having nothing to being somebody. I don't understand. You see, I don't understand this when people, people come to church and then church doesn't enter you. I don't understand it. See, I believe God is real so much. That's why I live my life the way I live it. Because I'm also sure that I will meet him someday. And when I meet him, I want to be ready. I know that people say it's not based on your works, but I still want him to be proud of me. I want to get to heaven and the thing I hear is well done. Well done. Well done. So I don't do it for anybody. I do it because I know that I'm going to see him. There's, you see, we live, we die, then we meet Jesus. That's how it works. So everything you do here is little compared to the eternity you're going to face. I mean, what... So, you know, sometimes when people, when people, sometimes, God help me tonight. Sometimes when, when people complain about some of the things they go through, I laugh. So you're complaining that somebody insulted you in your department, you get to heaven, and you're going to see Paul, who was stoned, flogged, put in prison for Jesus. It's insult you could not collect for him. You see, wait, wait, it's because he's not real. Do you understand? He's not, you don't even understand that he was so real. He died. All those things, he felt physical pain for you. He loves you. He's real. So your relationship with him and your response to that love should propel you to want to do more for him, to want to be better, to want to give, to want to live, to want to tell everybody about him. So it becomes like fire in your bones because you can't rest. I I mean, if you've ever been in love with anybody before, if you've, is anybody here who's ever really been in love? All the married men, you had better put up your hands. If not, you're not sleeping at home this night. Especially if you're sitting there, your wife puts your two hands up. If you've ever been in love, you are consumed by that person, wanting to do for that person, be for that person. I mean, it's been a stressful week for me. In fact, on Monday, I was really feeling almost feeling ill. I was really struggling, you know, with my health. And 
So today when I was coming out, I came out only because I had some things, final touches to do for the conference. As well as coming up, Askin now said to me that I should sleep on the mainland. He said, just stay in the hotel, then I'll come tomorrow and join you. You see, I thought about the fact that I've moved my children out, so he's the only one at home. So I was thinking, what will, how will he eat? What would he? As in love is going to make me go home after this thing, go home this night, just because I want to be sure my husband is fine. That's what love does. Do you understand? And that's because he's a real human being. I know he has needs. He has desires. So God is like that. He has needs. He has desires. Until you get to the point where you start to see God like that, you will not do more. So this is what propels me. This is what makes me love him with my heart, my passion, my prayers, my intelligence, my whole heart, my strength. Anyone that is close to me knows how passionate I am about God. I will give anything, do anything, be anything for him. Because I know he's real. So that's the first thing I'm sure of. God is real. Tell your neighbor God is real. The second thing I know. God knows what he's doing. Tell your neighbor God knows what he's doing. There's a common scripture with Jeremiah 29 and 11. Can I have it in the NIV? I'm sure everyone, well, most people know this scripture. You know. It says, for I know, can we read it together? The plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Sometimes we read these things and hear it over and over again. It doesn't make meaning to us anymore. Let's read it in the message translation. It says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. Listen to me. He has a plan. He's not just stumbling around thinking, let me try this whether it will work or this one whether it will work. God has a plan. He knows exactly what he's doing. You need to understand that he's the God who sees the end from the beginning. Then he goes back and starts again. So nothing that is happening in your life is taking him by surprise. I don't care how bad you think he is. Nothing that is happening in your life is taking God by surprise. Nothing. He says, I know what I'm doing. Oh, there's a place you come to in your life and your walk with God. That if you look over your life, you will know that God knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Give me Isaiah 46, verse 10, the NLC. See, only, only God could have seen that the Israelites would need food at a certain time and allow Joseph to be betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, bought by um, Potiphar, betrayed by Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison, in, in the palace of Pharaoh. Then they will not throw the baker and the cup bearer at the same time. Then he will interpret dream for them. Then Pharaoh will dream. Then they will bring him out. He will find the solution. Then he will now have a plan and they will have no choice but to pick him to be the one in charge of that thing. And then when his brothers came back, he said something that made me know that God had a plan all along. He said this thing you meant for evil. He said, my God used it 
to save you alive. Which means that God knew there would be famine many years down the line. He had a plan. That's why I know that this is your small life. It's not intimidating God. If you want to celebrate God, this is a good place to celebrate him. God has a plan. Go and rest. Stop letting Satan threaten you. God has a plan. There's nothing that Satan can do that can stop that plan. Nothing. This is God. This is God speaking. He says, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. He says, everything I plan. Look at that word again. He has a plan. Do you understand? He's not just, he's not just guessing. This thing that is happening, he knew it would happen all along. He knew. He says, everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Verse 11. He says, I will call a swift bed of prey from the east and a leader from a distant land to come and do my bidding. He said, I have said what I will do and I will do it. Listen, if the people around you are not going to do that thing, he said, I will call a leader from a distant land. Whatever I need to do to make sure my plan works, it will work. So go and rest. Listen, God has a plan. Only God could have known. I mean, almost everyone here has probably heard my story before about marriage. Only God could have known that I shouldn't marry the doctor in UK and I should marry Pastor K. Because he had a plan for a lot of things. Like, when I look over my life, I know that God is, he doesn't make mistakes. Do you understand? He does not make mistakes. He's not gambling with your life. He knows exactly what he's doing. Every step of the way. Everything you have encountered, every challenge, every mistake you've made, he was aware you will make it. And he has a plan already working in place. That's why the Bible says that all things, not some things, all things work together for good. Because you love God. Just keep trusting him. Listen to me, God has a plan. Oh, God has a plan. That picture they put up before is a picture of me when I was five years old. Sometimes I think how many ways my life could have turned. So many ways. Only God would have taken this girl and made her this person today. When I was this age, I would have died first before I can stand in front of two people to talk. That girl is the one that God has decided to use to change lives today. See, I don't even want to begin to tell you the things that have happened in between because Satan came after me. But the truth is that God had a plan. So every single thing, everything. I mean, sometimes I think about it too. That when I turned 16, they told me I'll never be able to have children. God knew. He wasn't surprised. He wasn't worried. God knew that if I had tried... And this was his word to me. You know, I don't, there's nothing wrong with you doing medical procedures or anything. But personally, God said to me that I should stay and study the word. He says, when you have gotten that victory, then strengthen your sisters. Make it your life mission to strengthen your sisters. And now, today, I think about it that if I had put my faith in just doing it the medical way and it had worked, if someone had come to me today and said, oh, I, you know, I... I can't get pregnant. Doctors, I can't really tell them anything. 
I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You can't really tell them anything. And it's funny because just recently, um, we started a ministry called Hannah's Heart. And I was speaking to a doctor. A doctor. Listen to me. A doctor. She's been trusting God for nine years. She's a doctor. She has one block fallopian tube. She's a doctor. She has ovarian cyst. She's a doctor. She has tried IVF three times. She's a doctor. So the person we all are running to is also looking for help. And I keep saying to myself, if a doctor had solved my problem, I would not be able to help this woman. Because I had to tell her that the truth is, even if you trust medicine without faith, it is impossible. So listen to me. The things you are going through now is all part of the plan. Why you are panicking is because God is giving you the pieces of the puzzle one by one. He's holding the picture. He's holding the picture. He knows what it's going to look like in the end. He has a plan. He's not gambling with your life. So you need to relax. No matter what Satan is trying to do, you need to get to the point where you learn to trust God because he has a plan. It may not look like he's working, but if you are God's child and you love God, all things must work together for your good. So it's only a matter of time. So tell your neighbor, the first thing is God is real. The second thing is God has a plan because he knows what he's doing. Now the third thing, People that are very, very close to me already know what I'm going to say. God is faithful. Ah. <laughs> if I, I said it before I came inside. God is faithful. A few days ago, I was planning to run away. <laughs> I was planning to run away. I was asking my team. I said, who told you? Who said, who said we should do that we're doing just us get four days? Who, who said? Where, where, as in, when I told you people this thing, why did you agree? As if I ever, if I tell you this kind of rubbish again in your life, don't agree. They were laughing at me. Because sometimes it looks like when God gives you a word, it looks like it's not going to come to pass. But one of the things I know, I know for a fact, is that God is faithful. God has never, I said this yesterday on the island, God has never lied to me. I don't know about the rest of you, but God has never lied to me. And not just because he says he's not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he will relent. The Bible tells us that it is impossible for God to lie. So what that means, what that means is that if God were to come in here physically and you were standing at the door and he said to you, good morning, the son must come out immediately. See, he said his word can never return to him void. He must accomplish the thing he sent it to do and prosper in that thing he has sent it. So once God has said something, it must come to pass because he watches over his word to perform it. Listen, it's not, see, it's only a matter of time. I was telling, I was telling them on the, on, on the island, I said, if you can find it in the world, eh, in the word, sorry, if you can find it in the word, you can have it in your world. Anything you can find in the word, you can have it. 
Because once, they has, once thou hast found it, there will be a reward. See, God is, not, God is not a man. He doesn't get tired. It doesn't get too hard for him and he says, I'm not doing it again. That's not the kind of God we serve. You must understand this. You must understand this, that God's word cannot fail. The word of God works 100% of the time without fail. I pledge my life on it without fail. I'm telling you, God has never lied to me. Never. Everything God has ever told me has come to pass. That's the God we serve. He is faithful. Oh, he is faithful. God is faithful. He's not like men. He's faithful. He's willing and he's able to do it. Jonathan Pasquier has explained this to us many times. That sometimes somebody is even able to do something, but he's not willing. That means that somebody can do something, can probably has money to give you, but he doesn't want to give you. There are some other times, somebody is willing, but they are not able. You know, there are times when you, somebody, you tell the person your problem, and the person is like, ah, yeah. The person is even crying with you. But there's nothing the person can do about it. But we serve a God who is both able and willing. So there's no reason, absolutely no reason why it will not come to pass. I say God is faithful. Tell your neighbor God is faithful. Listen, no matter what you're going through, God is faithful. Last year, God's, God, God gave me a word. He said this year would be for us. Well, the word, word was actually sent to the women. He said this, this year for us would be a year of overflow. That means that we will live in perpetual excess. So everything that we need will come in full supply. It will be, you know, and then when, when the word for the year in the house now came, it was full reward and a generous bonus. And I felt, I mean, what else can confirm overflow? So I remember that also God had told us that one of the things that we would do was that we would, we're supposed to give a gift as part of our 10 year celebration. We're supposed to give a gift to the church. So we start asking what exactly does church need? You know, and I found out that one of the things that we really needed was a big screen. Okay. We needed a big screen for, um, for videos like the center. If you go to a lot of churches abroad, they have it. And it really makes a difference because no matter where you are sitting, it means that you can actually see the screen. It means that we can play videos. You know, a lot of things can happen. So I, me, I, me too. I mean, when God says something, what's my own? I said, yes. Ah, why? We'll buy it. I said, making, I said, making inquiries. So I asked how much, how much. They came up with the bill and they said it was 10 million. And so at first I was like, ah, 10 million. I better go. I don't even have power. Let's look for another thing and buy for church. I look my myself. Um, so I spoke to, so I was talking to my team and then somebody now said, oh, we can just get a hundred ladies to give the money. While we're saying that thing, you know, while I was saying it, so when I asked the accountant, I said, that, you know, somehow, for some funny reason, because we hadn't really done any programs, we hadn't really done anything, and it's not like we, 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 we run service every Sunday where we can say, oh, we're looking at offerings or whatever. So I expected that we wouldn't have anything in our account. And I asked, I said, um, how much do we have in our account? And she told me. You know, so anyhow, I'm going to come back to that. But what happened was that, so on Sunday, I'm not sure if it was this Sunday or last Sunday. I'm not even sure what Sunday it was. So I came and I announced to the ladies that we needed 100 women who were going to give 100,000 each. And... It's, it actually was 
a bit heartbreaking for me that a lot of women did not tap into it. Not because we needed the money, because that's where I'm going with this. By the time I made that announcement, our screen was already in Lagos. We had bought that screen, we had paid for it, we had shipped it, and the screen was already in Lagos. The only reason why I made that announcement was because God said to me, the overflow must not only be happening in your own life, it must happen in everyone's life. So I came here and I declared, how many women wanted to do this? Now, what, one, thing, one interesting thing happened that day. So while I was announcing this, I noticed one lady who's kind of close to me. She makes my clothes. She was standing there. So when I said, people to give 100,000, no, very few people stood up. So I said, okay, you know what? Let's, let's do this. Let other people, let's give other people an opportunity. So if people want to make this more difficult, if you have 50,000, then you can stand up. So she stood up. As she stood up, by the Spirit of God, I just said to her, if you annoy me, go to that place where they are writing 100,000. So she told to me, and she did like this, and I said, and that money will come to you today, and you must give the testimony. And I moved on. I don't even, the truth is, I didn't really think much of it when I said it. I just said it and moved on. The very next morning, she came to look for me. She said when she got home, someone called her. and told her that, ah, that I heard that you are training people, that you do training for sewing. She said, yes, how much do you, do you, do you charge? I, I'm not quite sure, but I think she said 250 And the woman said, oh, okay, to, I will, I will, to reserve my space, I will pay 100000 the woman transferred 100000 immediately. Now, I want to prove to you something. See, God always keeps his word. Why did they not transfer 50K to hold their space? Why did she not pay everything, the whole 250? Because the word of God says that he gives seed to the sower, which was the, the scripture I shared that day. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Any level you want to be with God, God will meet you there. If all you want is God be, just be giving me my daily bread, he will give you because he gives bread to the eater. But if you want to be one of those people who you say, Lord, pass the money through me, he will send it through you because that was exactly what he did. He wanted to prove to me that he's faithful. He will always give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. After that day, a lot of people shared their testimonies with me. And I'm saying this because I feel like a lot of people do not believe God. And I think that of all the things that ever hurts me in my life, that hurts me the most. When people do not believe God, I feel like you don't get it. You don't know who this God is. His word cannot fail. Do you understand? His word cannot fail. When God says to you that there are two nations in your womb, you will have children. If he says that you cannot be barren, you cannot be barren. If he says none shall lack her mate, you will be married. Once God has said it, it must come to pass. So like I said, if you can find it in the word, you can have it in your world. So your job as a believer is to keep searching to know what has God said and stand on it till it produces. So even before I made that announcement... Because I heard some people say, Pastor M, don't vex. Say they don't give money. The screen was already in Lagos. My God shall supply all my needs. According to his riches, not according to the seed you sow. So if we give an opportunity for people to be blessed, I'm trying to correct some mindset so that you can walk in the fullness of what God has for you this year. Because it's still a year of full reward. And you still have a couple of months to catch up. I'm saying so your mindset can be corrected. 
That was the screen. This conference, buying the gift bags, doing everything, cost me 10 million. I did not raise one offering for it. All our bills have been paid. It is the overflow. God's word must come to pass. So you see all this work that is going on. It's not David's Christian Center. It is the Lord that showed up for just us girls. Because we came here and we boasted in the Lord. And if you say, if I perish, I perish, the Lord will never let you perish. So if you will boast in the Lord, he will show up for you. He will always show up for you. I remember telling the ladies on Sunday, I said I will believe for this money and I will do everything God has asked me to do and I will not raise one offering. And I dared them. I said, if I do that, will you start believing God? They said yes. So now, ladies, will you start believing God? I'm trying to show you that these things work. It's not gimmicks. It works. God is real. So everything he says, believe it. Act on it. Live by it. God always keeps his word. Now, the interesting thing is that for me, my own seed, I had vowed that I was going to sow 400. Apart from everything, or any other thing, I said I was going to give 400 when I told the ladies to give 100. When I said this, <laughs> I did not have a dime. I know people don't believe these kind of things when pastor says, pastor, what pastor say before? I did not have a dime. Now, the way my, my, my income has been structured for the last couple of months is that at, every, at the end of every month, I'm end, I end up with 2,000 naira. The people that I give seeds to, the people that I give things to, the people I, as in pretty much I live to sow. So there are a lot of people that are, I'm pretty much giving money every month. There are people on a salary off my salary. So at the end of the month, I have 2,000 naira. So when I said that thing, that I was going to give 400,000, I had no idea where that money was going to come from. So I told God, I said, God, we cannot disgrace ourselves. That was last week's Tuesday. I said, we cannot disgrace ourselves. People are redeeming their pledge. And the kind of accountant that we have, she cannot even cover us for somebody. She will come and be reminded you that I say, I have not sown your seed though. I said, God, don't let them, don't disgrace me and you. Because I've, I didn't, I mean, I didn't even use my, I didn't even hide mouth. I now announced what my seed was. So that Tuesday, as I was sitting there in church, I asked the, our, um, our executive assistant, the lady that handles our account. So I asked, I said, how much is in my account? She said, um, I had 150,000. I said, how come? She said, oh, there's one money somewhere that you were supposed to pay somebody. The person did not ask you for the money. I said, it's God. <laughs> I said, the person will not ask me. So at, when I wanted to pay that money, I said, what if I now pay this money? You know, Satan. Now Satan will now remind the person that Pastor M has not paid you for that thing. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm going to pay that money. And then I said, what about the extra 50K? She now said, oh, that I went to minister for someone. And it wasn't like I went to preach. It wasn't minister, minister. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, they called me to talk to them. And I finished talking to them. And the next thing was, you know, they just sent me transfer. So I said, I gave that 150. I gave that 150 on Tuesday. And I said, God... I've given you 150, it's remaining 250. I said, this 150 I'm giving you, Lord, it's remaining 250. But this 150, you know, it's not even really fully my money. So you quickly help me, let us redeem this place so that we can pay that, before that man will come now and ask me for his money for something that he did. So as I gave that money, I sat down in church at the back of service. So as I was sitting down in church on, on the island last week, I was sitting down at the back. Somebody came and greeted me. So as he greeted me, I just hugged him. I said, how are you, my dear? I usually have this habit of when I hug people, when I finish hugging them, I kind of remove my hand and hold their hand and squeeze it. I don't know why, but I always do it. So when I squeezed the guy's hand, I noticed he pressed something into my hand. So I held my hand like this throughout, you know. I just smiled and held my hand like this. So because of the way the money was filling in my hand, I said, Patata, 20K, if it's mint, you know there's a way mint will be flat to... 
I mean, that's, I, I became police that day. You know, you know how police. So I just held the money like this. I was also, I go home, you know, and I opened my hand. $500. See, you need to understand. God does not lie. Like, I don't even, I wish I had the energy I had yesterday. I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired. I, as in, I, I don't, I feel like I, I need to, I don't, I don't know what I should need to jump around so that you can hear what I'm saying. God does not lie. He cannot. He lacks the ability to. If he says something to you, it is going to happen. It's only a matter of time. If you will be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of this land. So I need your heart to trust God because he's faithful. He's faithful. No matter what Satan says to you, listen, God is faithful. You will marry. You will have children. You will get a great job. Even when they say there's no vacancy, they will open it up for you. That's the God that we serve. So tell your neighbor, the first thing is that God is real. The second thing is that God has a plan because he knows what he's doing. The third thing is God is faithful. And the last thing, this one, I can stake my entire life and destiny on it. The last thing I know for sure is that in the end, we always win. I don't care. I don't care what that challenge is. You must win. There's no two ways about it. There's nothing that's going to change it. Listen, the Bible tells us that God gave David victory everywhere he went. So irrespective of where he went, in fact, another version says he gave him victory and preserved him in every enterprise. So if he's selling beans today, his victory. If he's selling rice, his victory. If he becomes a teacher, his victory. If he says he wants to be a baker, his victory. He wants to start plating hair, his victory. He wants to be nanny, victory. Like, you, you cannot but win. I'm, I'm here to remind you tonight. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you've forgotten whose child you are. Maybe you've forgotten which ministry you are in. We have a strong covenant of victory. There's nothing the devil can do about it. He will try, but he will fail. See, no matter what devil has planned for you, listen, spoiler alert, as they say, in the end, we always win. Oh, this would be a good time to celebrate God. You know, a lot of times I remind myself over and over and over and over again, especially when it gets very discouraging. I remind myself that the same God who helped me to kill lion and bears will help me bring down Goliath. There's nothing too hard for God to do. That's what he said. He he asked me, is my hand short that I cannot save you? Or is my ear deaf that I cannot hear you? If God will hear you, he will answer you. He's not gathering your prayers. He's not using it for anything. In the end, we always win. I do not care what the challenge is. Listen, I said it to you before. They told me at 16, not one doctor, not two. 
I went from doctor to doctor to doctor. Those that know my story. See, I can't even be telling you lies. My sister is here. From doctor to doctor to doctor. Today I was in Ife, tomorrow I was in Worry. I was going all over the place. There's one doctor in Portacot, I'm there. There's one doctor in this, I'm there. Moving helter-skelter from the time I was 16. And it wasn't just that they told me and then it was that I went to rest. I had things that were going on in my body. I would stand in a place like this and blood would just rush down like this. I'd be embarrassing myself anywhere I go. I went to a, I went to a cost, then I was in marketing where I was working then. Went to a, a, a client's office. We sat down inside MD's office. As I stood up, I stained the chair. My friend does it like this. Just help me. She was standing at my back like this. Let's just be going, JJ. The next person that sits there, they will suspect the person. Let's be going. <laughs> As in embarrassing myself. Satan was determined to constantly. You see, there's a way you have a problem and you're not reminded of it. But if you have a problem that is staring in your face every day. Every day. But you see, because my God has a plan. Because in the end, it must always be for good. That's why today, many years after the first doctor told me, in fact, the man didn't even tell me, he was telling my mother, he was doing like this. If doctor is doing like that on your matter, what hope do you have? But we serve a God. I said we serve a God who nothing can challenge him. When he says a thing, it must be done. After many years, after many doctors had spoken, my God rose up and said his own, that there are two nations in your womb. He said two people shall be separated from your body. Today, after the children. Listen, in the end, you always win. I need you to understand it. I need you to go out that thing with that confidence. If you go to that office and they say there's no vacancy, go back tomorrow. You go back what? Tomorrow. If they say it's not possible, you go back again, it will be possible. Because of what you carry. Because of whose child you are. You cannot fail. In the end, you must win. If you have not won, it's not the end. The kind of things that, the kind of things that we as Christians take for granted is amazing. See, I've read the Bible. I've read the Bible. And one thing I know for sure is that in the end we win. So you know what this is? This, your life, is an open book exam. You know what that means? That means that you've passed. All they're asking you to do is show up and write the exam. So every day, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, I've passed. I'm just here to show up and write the exam. And not only... Are you going to pass because you already have expo? You are going to pass because the invigilator is your father. You can't fail. You can't fail. You need to tell yourself you can't fail. When that thing comes at you, say, I can't fail. You need to tell, you need to, it's a constant reminder. You need to get to that place where you remind yourself till yourself, I don't know how to speak the English show, but till yourself understands it that you cannot fail. You can't. There's nothing that will be thrown at you that you will fail. When we started, when we wanted to do this conference, the craziest thing, I did a plan. We, we did plan, we did brainstorming, all sorts of things. And when we finished the plan, I was excited because everything we had written that we're going to do was crazier than anything we had ever dreamt. Trust me, if you come here tomorrow, you won't believe this Davis Christian Center. The things, see, if God has said, bring the moon down, 
and let water be pouring from it, as one of my team members would say, we would have done it. Because I know that God keeps his word. And no matter what the challenge is, we must overcome. So when we, have, when we made all those plans, the craziest thing, we were in a prayer meeting. That's when this happened. We had made all our plans, so we were praying towards it. Beginning of the year. We'll never forget. While we were praying, right in the middle of that prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit just said to me, tear everything. I told them then, he said, tear everything you have planned. He said, you have not scratched the surface of what I want to do for my daughters. I said, eh? He said, I want them to know that I'm extravagant. That I'm extravagant towards them. He said, I don't want anybody to enter that hall and have a doubt that I will spare any expense over their life. Ah. I said, this kind of, let's be doing this small, small. They will close us down. This is it will close us down. <laughs> you know, I was, and at the time I was saying this, there was no money anywhere. You need to understand. This is why I say that God keeps his word. We'll be looking at it like this. It will be zero. At some point, the money will just be rising from names I don't know. So I started suspecting that maybe God has started sending angels to bank. Since human beings have refused to answer him, he will raise stones. But that winning, we must win. That's why I know you can never be stranded. No matter what you're going through, listen, you serve a God who cannot fail. There's nothing in this life that is too hard for him to do. So go at that thing with the consciousness. Look, if you don't learn anything from me ever, learn these four things. That God is real. And you must live your life with that consciousness. That God has a plan. He can never be stranded. The things that are happening in your life, they will all work together for your good. Go with the consciousness that God is faithful. That nothing is impossible for him to do for you. Nothing is too hard. And he will keep his word. And finally, go with this consciousness that you can never fail because of whose child you are. Were you blessed this evening? Then let's rise and celebrate Jesus. This is what makes me do what I do. This makes me who I am. And makes me so passionate about wanting people to learn these things, to, to, to live a little. Don't live an ordinary life. Don't settle for less. If it can be better, you can have it. You can. You can. If you don't like your job, change it. If you want more, ask for it. Take it. It's yours. There's nothing too hard for God to do. I wasn't sure I was going to share this testimony here this night, but I want to. There's a particular lady who was having an issue with her boss. And she kept coming to me and talking to me about it. And she worships in, in this church. And she kept talking to me about it. And I, and I kept telling her, I said, the, the, what's, what's, what's frustrating me on your behalf? Is that you don't know who you serve. You don't know, you don't know the covenant that is hanging over your head. And, and she, I knew this girl was really good at her job. But she just had a boss who did not like her. And so the boss did an appraisal. You know how they do appraisals at the end of the year. And the, in fact, by the time, if you see that appraisal, eh, it's like the, the appraisal was just sucker because she's useless at everything. She's useless at this, she's useless at that. It was such a terrible appraisal. Now, what happened was that in that organization, they brought on a consultant to look into their books, look into everything, and then they just decided to just, you know, do, do the consultant should do an external appraisal of staff. And they did the appraisal, and guess what? Once they brought her appraisal, the consultant said, there's no need to even talk to this person that has this kind of bad review. They're supposed to suck her now, based on what I'm seeing here, but let's do the appraisal. After the appraisal, guess what happened? 
the recommendation made by the consultant was that her boss should be fired and she should be given that job. Listen. Listen. Listen to me. I want you, let, let me tell you so that, so that when you celebrate, you can celebrate with understanding. Listen. You need to understand the covenant that you carry. Because I kept saying to her, I said, what is frustrating me is that you do not know that David never lost a battle. Whether it is against a human being, whether it's against an army, whether against a lion, whether against a bear, whether against Goliath, it must go down for David. Nothing can come against you and survive. I need you to understand that. That is why I move the way I move. Because what is following me? <laughs> what is following me? They that are for me are more than they that are against me. Anything that comes against David will fall. Anything that David falls on will be crushed. So you need to understand that. When I said this, I, I, you know, I was just laughing. When she was, I said, I said, see, as far as it comes against you to go down, her boss was fired and she replaced her boss. You have a covenant of victory. You have a covenant of victory. God is working on your behalf. If you do not get anything this night, get that. That you cannot fail. You are wired to win. It is not just a slogan we write here. That's not what it is. It is your DNA. Victory is who you are. You cannot fail. So whatever that thing is, go at it with that confidence. It will go down for you. It must go down for David. Tell your neighbor it must go down for David. Now I want you to lift those victorious hands this evening. And begin to give God some praise. Begin to tell him thank you. Thank you that I understand who I am. Thank you that I cannot fail. Because I know who is backing me up. It is you. It has always been you. Always been you backing me up. I have never failed because of you. Because of the covenant. Because of your word. Because it is impossible for you to lie. Because you are not a man. You don't get tired. You don't give up. When you say it, it is done. When you say it, it is done. When you say it, it is done. You have never failed. And you will not start today. Oh, Father, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for your people. I give you thanks, oh God, because you've never failed. Because you've never lied. Because you do not change. Because it's not too much for you. You don't get tired. You don't have uncompleted projects. You keep going till it's done. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you praise tonight. Before we pray over the communion, I don't know if there's someone here tonight that needs to meet with Jesus. I want to give you a chance to, to, to start to experience what we experience. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412. Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.